0: A reading from the gospel according to mark one sabbath he was going through the grain fields and as they made their way his disciples began to pluck heads of grain the pharisees said to him look why are they doing what is not lawful on the sabbath and he said to them have you never read what david did when he and his companions were hungry and in need of food he entered the house of god when Abiathar was high priest and ate the bread of the presence, which is not lawful for any, but the priest to eat. And he gave some to his companions. Then he said to them, the Sabbath was made for humankind and not humankind for the Sabbath. So the son of man is Lord, even of the Sabbath. Again, he entered the synagogue and the man was there who had a withered hand. They watched him to see whether he would cure him on the Sabbath, so they might accuse him. And he said to the man who had a withered hand, Come forward. Then he said to them, Is it lawful to do good or to do harm on the Sabbath to save life or to kill? But they were silent. He looked around at them with anger. He was grieved at their hardness of heart and said to the man, stretch out your hand he stretched it out and his hand was restored the pharisees went out and immediately conspired with the herodians against him how to destroy him
1: before i start today i i just asked jens and angela to stay up here for a minute because their worship was just phenomenal they're very gifted and talented and I, and I look at some of the gifts that they have and I go, my goodness, why didn't God give me this way? And so Angela's been working with me for 10 years and Jens has been working with me for eight years, which is a long time to work for me. Just ask Brooke or Reuben. <laughs> Three years is pretty maxed out for any one that works with me. So I wanted to ask them some questions on their worship. Both of them have two college degrees each in music, and, uh, which is fascinating to me. So I wanted to ask them these questions about worship, about playing, about learning to play. And so the first question I want to ask them, and I know you both are naturally gifted, unlike me when it comes to music, and I'm naturally gifted at preaching, that's true that's true uh, yeah I don't think people can take that but I I know you both have lots of natural uh, God-given talents but could you have done what you just did if you didn't have year after year hour after hour day after day of practicing of rehearsals no no so there's no because you guys were here like an hour and a half before church started going over these songs and practicing. But you guys are telling us, why in the world do you need to rehearse?
0: Well,
1: we have to be on the same page, or else we're going to be playing different songs. OK. And you yeah, True. It's it, absolutely true. OK. Follow. Can you show us one of the first exercises that you learned when you learned how to play the piano? And Jen, it's the first exercise to, for anyone to learn to play the drums. So first of all, Angela, what was the first exercise that you learned? And you did that hour after hour after hour? Yeah. So your parents didn't shoot themselves when hearing this? They didn't enjoy it. <laughs> they didn't enjoy it. How about you? Come on, the drums. What did you have to do? <laughs> Are you serious? (laughs) I would have shot myself within two minutes of doing that if you were my son. So that's that's the exercise you had to learn. Why? What was the importance of that? Just boom. I could do that. I don't know. Or maybe not. It just seems so easy. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So, (laughs) So what are... Does music have rules? And did you have to learn those rules as part of your studies? Yes. OK, explain what are
2: some of the rules, just real quick. The vocalist is always right. <laughs> OK. And
0: that's why he's been here eight years. <laughs> hey, that's
1: why he's been here eight years? No,
0: it's uh, the one I mentioned earlier is that uh, there's tension and release in music so that it has movement.
1: Okay, so that was tension and... That was open. Okay, Okay. got it. Okay. Okay, so what is the value of knowing these rules of music and how does it work?
0: Well, if you don't know the rules and you're playing random notes, you guys know what that sounds
1: like. <laughs> Oh, I felt so the spirit move right there, too. I mean, it for
0: me, too, but <laughs> okay. uh, it, it brings order.
2: Okay. I think the value in rules are that without rules, um, there actually isn't, there paradoxically is actually not any freedom. Okay. Like, if you don't have some kind of limitation, if you have, if all choices are avail- available to you at all times, then you're actually paralyzed by choice. Okay. But if you get some kind of, like... Um, Creative, rules are necessary for creativity, right? Okay. So it's like if we are musicians, or okay, we're artists, right? But what kind of artists are we? We're musicians, so we've limited ourselves by that. And if we're musicians, what kind of what instruments do we play? Okay, I play drums, so I've limited myself by that. And it re- requires those kinds of limitations for me to be creative. And it goes on and on, and I can get more specific if you want. But I can see no, your No, no, it's it, so it, it, stuff.
1: No, no, it, it leads us in the next question. Does there ever come to a point where you know the rules so well that you can transcend them in order to create beautiful yeah. music?
2: Yeah, jazz. Okay. I love <laughs> oh, jazz, too. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, sure. I, and also, it comes to a point where you, you are, you're, you're using the rules and you don't really, you're not aware of it anymore because they're reflexive, right. I suppose.
1: I was wondering if just, I didn't ask them to rehearse this, if you can just improvise and something that would just get the beat going right before I preach. Because I'm trying to emotionally raise the people's expectation for the sermon. So if you can, before I improvise my sermon, <laughs> I, was, I was looking for something cooler. <laughs> so do, do an improvise. That's when you guys are ready to listen to the sermon, so they can bring the emotions up. And so, thank you, <laughs> thank you so much. Uh, uh, and the reason I'm doing, let, let me do a plug for them, because Angela and uh, Jens are really talented. So if you look on the screen, if you go to iTunes or Spotify or YouTube and just type in Angela Vicente or Jens Kenros, whatever your last name is, that's why I put it on the screen. And the thing is, Jen's goes in Europe a lot in concert. And so they're very talented. They write their own music. So we are very gifted to have people like this in our services. Now, the reason I'm doing this and I shared with you is we're going to focus on rules and the creativity of our walk with Jesus. Now, in the gospel reading this morning, there's a bunch of rules when it comes to the Old Testament, correct? Called the Ten Commandments. And so therefore, therefore, there was rules to obey the Ten Commandments, especially the Sabbath. Because why the Sabbath was important? Because Jesus created this earth, this planet, this universe in six days and says in Scripture on the seventh day he rested. But it's interesting, according to the Jewish religion, they had a whole set of rules on how to observe the Sabbath. And they were frustrated with the disciples because they were doing work in the field. And they frustrated Jesus because Jesus was healing people on the Sabbath. And so they were challenging him. And Jesus says this interesting thing in Mark chapter 2, verse 27, when his response to his criticism was this. The Sabbath was made for humankind and not humankind for the Sabbath. That's a deep statement. And so my translation, just with the opening illustration here, is it's on the screen. Musical practice drills are made for the musician. The musician is not made for the musical practice drills. The musician is made to create music. In the same way, religious rules of practices are made for us we are not made for religious rules and practices we are made to love rules and practices are not an end to themselves they are there to shape us to love god others self and this world now what's interesting in first corinthians chapter 13 now i've done weddings for over 30 years and i wish i could say all of them have succeeded I know the first wedding I did in 1995, they're still married. But 99.9% of all the weddings, they asked me to read 1 Corinthians chapter 13. It's called the love chapter. It has nothing to do with weddings, but it has to do with living love. And so when you look at the church saying, hey, we need to love more and judge less, we were talking about that last week, loving more is deep. Because it's not about you and your type of definition of love. It's about the biblical definition of love. And so therefore, it says in 1 Corinthians 13, Though I speak in tongues of men and of angels, but I have not loved, I have become a sounding brass and a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I c- can remove mountains, But I have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. So Paul is saying, dude, you can do great things. You can go to spy. You can do Habitat for Humanity. You can come to church every Sunday. You can do this. But if you don't have love, you're wasting your time. And so some of you are parents. Have you ever decided, hey, I'm going to have my child learn an instrument? And then you regret it when you get that instrument because they're actually practicing it? Like, for, for instance, I love David Cause, Chuck Mangione. I love the saxophone. But have you heard someone practicing the sax for the first time? It sounds like a dying hippo. That's what it does. Oh, well, they're killing a hippo in the living room or something. We've got to stop this. And so, therefore, we, the parent would understand when Paul is saying a clanging symbol of a sounding brass. Because when people do exercise and music exercise, can you imagine if I said, Jens and Angela, I want you to lead worship next week, and I want you to do the dun-dun-dun-dun-dun, and him just going boom, boom for the next 30 minutes. We could empty this church out in five minutes. Because that's the rules. But there's no love in there. They're learning about it, but they're not. It's not coming out of who they are yet. And so this is what it's talk, talking about. It's on the screen in words and deeds and sacrifices. Are simply in the service of self and the ego, and not in the service of what is loving. Then it's all worthless. See, a lot of this thing we say, "Hey guys, look at me," and then we make these noise and clanging noise. And the point of practices. The practice and repetition of them playing the music is therefore eventually they're going to play some great music. David Cause, Chuck Mangione, all these great musicians on the saxophone had to learn and had to go through the repetition. But man, they can do beautiful music now because they learned the rules. And so, therefore, there's a pattern here that we've learned that, that when we're trained in the same way that what following the rules is supposed to do for us, it is to train us, to free us, to choose love in that moment. And so we grow up with the rules. There's, there's times that when people do not, have never grown up in the church or don't have particular boundaries. You know, my mom always said this. She's always said to the teachers, it frustrated me. Because she would say, you know, Kevin's a type of boy, <laughs> when he says that Kevin's a type of boy, it's not a compliment, is it? <laughs> he needs structure. And if he doesn't have structure, he's, gonna, he's not, he's not going to be helpful because of my disability. So therefore, I'm in the most unstructured job you can have because it's crisis after crisis after crisis, that I have to have a certain structure in my life in order to be free. And so this is one thing that's important because when you go to church and say, you know, the is important. When people tell you, well, this is how you do, create the structure. Out of that, the love will develop. The structure's a way to start things. But if you just stick to structure or stick to the rules, therefore you're not going to experience the love of Christ or the love of loving others. See, on the other hand, we've got other people that are so good at giving us instructions. Haven't you? You know, for you to grow, this is what you need to do. You need to do this and you need to do. And everyone's an expert in everyone. Yeah, I don't know if you have a friend that's an expert in anything you talk about. Don't talk about it. He's an expert. What are we even talking about? I don't know, but he's an expert. And he can tell you what you're doing wrong with your life. He can tell you what you're doing right. But it's not coming out of love. It's coming out of judgment. And so when someone told me, when I came here, what, 20 years ago? Close to 20 years ago? Good night. That, that's when I was young. I did not know how it to be a senior pastor. And so I was told, this is what you need to do, this is what you need to do, you know, and all this stuff. And I go, what are the rules to being a senior pastor? How do you do this? And so I asked a friend, John Richardson, who had a large church, and I said, what do I do? The first thing he said to me? Love the people. That's it. Love the people. You'll figure it out. But if the people don't know you love them, it's not gonna work. And so love love the people. So here's here's what's interesting. Talking about love. And this is First Corinthians thirteen, four through eight. Love suffers long and it is kind. This is what my wife holds on to. Yes. Loving you, Kevin. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy, love does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. Do we really wanna love? Do you see how easy it is to lean on the rules now? Because if we begin to love each other, and love Christ in this way? That's crazy because we need Christ in order to love that way. What Paul is saying is pretty simple. It's on the screen. This is what the music of love does and does not sound like. Paul describes music, the music as humbling. To love like that, it has to have a spirit of humility. Now, I don't think any of us can be, are patient enough to love this way. We need to be filled with the holy spirit we need to be in union with christ in order to love like this there's times that i love like this and there's times that i don't it depends on how i am with christ look on the screen the point here is not to discourage us and to make us give up of being perfectly loving the point is to humble us so that we stop being self-righteous and thinking that that just because we got the religious stuff down, that we have arrived. Practicing drills is not the same as making making the music of love. For that, we need to humbly accept the grace of God to fuel our practice so that it begins to bear the fruit of love as described in 1 Corinthians. And finally, probably the most important thing is what Paul says here. And this is cool because Paul, if you... Paul's writing is hardcore. Okay, Paul, usually I say, the word of God cracks me up. Paul's writing just is what we used to call it 30 years ago when I was a youth pastor, neck slicing. That's what we call it, just slices you. And this is what it says. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, he says, I put away childish things. Now you know he's talking, if he's talking to someone, implying you are a baby. Okay, childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I know I I also am known. Now what Paul is saying is here, childish things are what we call religious traditions, rules and practices. It's our love education that is meant to bring us into maturity. Maturity is the ability to love as Jesus loved. There comes a time when we should start making music or being loving and not just be content with being good as rules and practices. See, I know a lot of Christians that know certain scripture that they have a con, you know, you have your seven favorite restaurants you always go to. People have their seven, seven scriptures that they refer to to pretend they know the whole word of God. And those seven scriptures that they use, they they don't challenge them to change their own life. It's just a kind of a judgment way. Do You see what I'm talking about? And so this is where it's interesting. That is not maturity. I'm not getting on the word of God. But the Bible is supposed to lead you someplace. Not to justify where you are. And where it's supposed to lead us, the Word of God, is supposed to lead us to Jesus who is known as the living Word. So when I get in the Word of God, it's a movement towards being more like Christ. Knowing Jesus is what transforms us. A lot of Christians think spiritual maturity is about pure. And, and the thing is, it's interesting because when I say, yeah, I'm a Christian and I have a pure life, That's a cocky statement if you think about it. Because let me tell you right now, I know me, ain't no purity. I've struggled with impurities all my life. And so therefore, when I say I'm pure, it's basically telling other people, I'm not struggling with the sin that you're struggling with, so I'm pure. But being a loving, but what purity is, according to the biblical definition, is being in loving union with God will be and is and should be the end result. Follow me on the screen. Purity is only about allowing God to remove the barriers of impurities that keeps us from enjoying full face-to-face union with God and unity with others. It is when we begin to live in union with God and God's will that our lives begin to sing with the music of love. And finally, he says this, And now abide in faith, hope, and love. But out of these three, but the greatest of these is what? Love. Come on. This is what Paul's saying. While we wait for the day when we are in full union with God, three things remain that keeps us moving in the right direction. Steady trust in God no matter what, holding to the hope that God will finish the good work that he began in us and the ever-present loving, loving embrace of God. And living in that loving embrace is the greatest, that is, the music. Now, I'm going to ask uh, uh, Dana if she can come forward. Dana sent me an email three years ago. And um, it was just a random email. And uh, she sent it to me. And man, when I just finished reading, I go, man, this is exactly what I'm reading about. This is exactly what I'm talking about. And so Dana, you know, it's funny. When you don't know people's stories, and they write you a story, and you just go, are you serious? And it's all about love. Yeah. So I said, do you have that email? From 2015, she goes, I can find it and forward it to you. And, and then she sends me an email. This is my own words. Thanks. I had to relive everything, and I was crying through this whole email. So we're going to pay for her counseling in the next two years <laughs> to do this. So I asked her if she could read the email. why she wrote. And then I'll just in- interact and talk to her. But the email subject was TODAY. This is what's happening TODAY. And it was in all caps. Mm-hmm. And all to the email, she kept putting TODAY in all caps. So if you think you had a rough TODAY, this girl had a rough day. So read this and then we'll see the progress in the last three years. Okay. Can you hear okay? Mike's on. Can you,
3: guys, can you guys hear me? Yeah. Yes. Okay. okay. Hi everybody. Okay. This was dated February twenty fifth, twenty fifteen.
1: Okay. And it was at 1.24 AM. Oh, I didn't notice that time. Well, yeah. oh, you couldn't sleep, could I couldn't you? Sleep. I couldn't sleep. <laughs> That's what happens. Yeah. Okay, sorry.
3: Okay. Greetings, Pastor Kevin. I hope you're doing well, for I rarely email you. I just had to tell you about today. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm not sure if you were aware, but I'm an old school mother who is no nonsense in my parenting skills. I make sure the kids have their books for quizzes. I prepare my own personal quizzes on their erasable whiteboards. And there is absolutely no television from Monday to Thursday. You're a mean parent. I know. <laughs> <laughs> What did your
1: mother call you? You had a word for that. Warden. The warden. Yeah, the warden. (laughs) Okay. All right, the warden. Okay.
3: In addition, if their chores are not finished, the television is off on Saturday as well until all work is completed. It may be a little much, but I'm a huge believer in discipline, respect, education, and building ego strength by instilling knowledge and, most importantly, common sense in my children.
1: Okay. Do you see the rules? You see the structure that she's developing?
3: Okay. Most importantly, we hold hands in a circle to pray before we leave the house each day to recognize that God has kept us in his care and that we are thankful.
1: Okay, that's interesting because on the prayer thing, why is that important to pray together? She's a single mother of two children and to pray every day together. But you didn't say request, you said to give praises. Why was that important, the prayer?
3: Well, I want the kids to know that although you have the benefits and they really I mean they're really truly blessed. Right. Um, as far as like single mom goes, they're okay. really truly blessed. Mm-hmm. And so I want them to know that you have to look at the small things. You're you're awake, right. you're up, you have clothes on your back, you got shelter, you have food, okay. you know, you, you have to give thanks to God, okay. take the time out. So as before we go out, I want them to, I want God to shelter my kids, right. but I want them to just take time, stop, take time, give God praise, give God thanks, Okay. be appreciative.
1: Okay, perfect. Okay, continue.
3: Okay. Um, now I forgot where I was.
1: I'm i convincing.
3: Okay. Is that it? <laughs> Is that it? Okay, uh, I'll more than probably okay, hold hands. Blah, 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 yeah. blah, blah. Okay. Um, I'm conveying all of this to you, not because I'm self-absorbed or braggadocio, but just to introduce you to who I truly am and what happened to me today.
1: Today, okay. Cats.
3: As I was getting in the car, I noticed an email from my attorney stating the words, don't get mad.
1: Can you imagine that? Your attorney and the subject don't get mad. Oh, okay, I won't, (laughs) okay.
3: Okay. She had attachments from the kid's father and his attorney, and I was delaying court proceedings, refused to submit documents, making an enormous excess in money, and the list continues. In addition to that, my own attorneys have not appeared in court and have made excuses for excessive continuances without my knowledge, therefore putting me at risk.
1: So you thought they were handling everything, going yeah. to court. They can't, They never showed up.
3: Yeah, they weren't doing. They were kind of, sort of, I mean, we did okay. do some court okay. stuff, but all the other ones for okay. the most part. So no. in
1: a sense, it's this false piece. Was, yeah. <laughs> okay, continue. Okay.
3: Today... I found out that these attachments that the judge has ordered me to pay $20,000 to their dad in fines, court, and attorney fees because he's uh, obsessed with money and apparently enjoys being supported by women. Well,
1: there's no anger there, isn't Oh, it? yeah, that. <laughs> okay. For
3: he has lived with his mother since the divorce. Now I realize this is very personal information, and it may appear that I'm taking a dig at their father. However, that could be further from the truth. I'm not a person who seeks amusement in these emotional elements, for divorce is a horrible matter that attorneys thrive on to extort more. Is anybody an attorney?
1: They're not your attorney, and they're not based on the okay. attorneys that I don't, Okay, I don't want to so
3: offend anybody. So it's based on your
1: experiences.
3: Okay. However, uh, okay, I'm not a person who... Okay, okay. Uh, a, a horrible matter that attorneys thrive on to extort more money. Furthermore, this is the father of my children. So, as a Christian woman, I must love my brother in Christ. Okay,
1: stop there. Okay, not only that, you got to pay this guy twenty thousand. You're going through anger. Mm-hmm. And frustration, mm-hmm. you set a structure for your kids mm-hmm. about God and about praying together and you mm-hmm. set a structure about saying thanks all the time mm-hmm. and then you say furthermore, this father of my children, so that as a Christian woman that you're claiming to be mm-hmm. at that time and you are still, mm-hmm. I must love my brother in Christ. Yeah. Now let's say I oh, was your girlfriend. <laughs> I go there's no way, this, this is going right. to happen. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> I wish my girlfriends
3: were saying that. <laughs> I'm,
2: sure,
1: I'm sure they were. Yeah. Okay. So why, why? it's almost a choice to oh, love, yeah. isn't yeah. it? Yeah,
3: yeah. Because I could have been better. I had to, I mean, there was a lot. There was a lot from when I moved out of the house to write writing this right. letter. right. Because this letter is like the cherry and the cake of it all. There's right. a lot of stuff in between. Yeah. And so, like, when um, we were um, getting a divorce or going through counseling, rather, um, the pastor before you, before I started coming here, he wrote in a book. And he said, I'm going to write something in a book and I'm going to leave the house and then you guys read it. And then it's, when I opened it, it said, it's not about you. Well, I took it as it's not about me, it's about him. Okay. So I was like, okay, he's on my team. That's But that wasn't it. <laughs> what it was, is like... Once I moved out of the house and once I started really getting into the word of God and he started maturing me, then I realized it's not about him. It's not about me. It's about God almighty. So I wished someone had said to me, well, a counselor had said to me, because I started seeing a counselor on my own. And so she said, don't you know that your marriage is a ministry? And I was like, man, no one ever said that to me. I right. never thought of it that way. Right. So I had to go, okay, I didn't protect it. Like you would protect your ministry. I didn't protect it. I right. didn't I didn't do the thing. We didn't pray together. We didn't talk about right. God. We did on Sunday it was great. Right. But Monday through Saturday huh, Whatever.
1: Yeah. yeah. You now know? you said something interesting to me after the service last night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You said something about uh, is talking smack to other friends. Here's the thing. Okay, to get her started.
3: Here's Here's the thing. Okay. Uh, There's a button you push. Okay. Here's the thing. I really feel, and it's really interesting because you said, I'm trying not to go to too many directions. You said one thing to me last night was, did he really want to divorce you? Right. My mom had always said that. I don't think he wanted to divorce you. I don't know if he wanted to divorce you. And it's very interesting to all the married couples that are in here or those who want to get married. When you are married or when you have that special person, keep your marriage to yourself. Do not share what's going on in your house to anyone, not your mom, not your dad, not your best of friends, really not your best of friends. Um, don't do that with your brothers or your sisters. Keep it guarded, keep it to yourself. Because once you start sharing all those ifs, ands, and buts, all the bad stuff, all the good stuff, you may have all the good stuff he does, all the good things she does, but you tell them all the bad stuff, and it might be a little bit of bad stuff, they remember the bad stuff. Because your parents and your your family's on your team. So they're gonna remember the bad stuff. So when God matures you and matures uh, your husband, and you want to go back together, and you want to rekindle that life, you're, the people around you are going to go, how can you go back to that person? They're going to keep throwing those logs on the fire. And then now you've got to save face.
1: Yeah, and that's what, in a sense, and in we a sense, feel. That's what happened.
3: I think that's what really happened. The, he, his family got into our oh, marriage okay. big time. In our business. In our business. Yeah. There was a lot of sharing outside. Okay. and. He, I really feel too, I never said it to him, but my mom that I shared a little bit with, I tried not to share too much with her, but I was going through this, so she, I had to get it out. With her. So um, um, she was like, I don't think he wants to, I really don't think he wants to divorce you. I really don't. I really don't. And even in the house, it showed that he didn't, but I was waiting for him to say it. Right. I could have said it. I didn't. Right. But that was my immaturity. But so I all of this going on in the house or okay. in this letter, I added on to that as well. Right. So his anger I added on to okay, that
1: too. Perfect. Keep okay. And why would she find her place? Remember, an abusive situation, emotional abuse or physical abuse, it's good to share to a pastor or something to get out of it. So we're not talking about keep quiet if you're getting the crap beat out of you every week. Okay? Great. Right. Okay. Right. okay.
3: Um I'm writing to you not to look for an exit to make excuses or even play victim. I write to you today because over the years that I have listened to your beautiful and compassionate sermons about anger, I know that I have to give the Father's name over to God in prayer. I must forgive his longstanding animosity towards me and remove myself and whatever vindictiveness that I may ponder towards him in order to proceed forward with my life and this journey where He, God, continuously orders my steps.
1: Good, so you're learning on forgiveness and love. Well. Continu-
3: yes. Okay. Today I want to thank you and all of the pastors of Marina Christian Fellowship for being so supportive and for pulling me aside to participate in various divisions of the church. I would have never thought that I would one day become a servant of God by assisting in communion. Um, Your words encouragement keeps me from becoming a remedial and uncouth participant in a wave of anger that is now advancing into its sixth year.
1: Okay, a long time. Okay.
3: While this continues, God has blessed me and my children with a home. I will graduate with a master's degree in May and will witness my daughter graduate in June from elementary school, this is all three years ago. Um, (laughs) How could I be angry knowing that God has been truly amazing? Pastor Kevin, as a parent, I teach my children how to become individuals, to become children that value self-worth without the expectation of an everlasting handout from me, their father, or society. I teach my children that to continuously demand a handout is also plotting against another, which is temporary. However, if you reach for a hand up, you are using that assistance to solidify your thought out plans which means longevity. Furthermore, as African-American children, I want them to use their faith, tenacity, maturity, and above all, common sense to avoid being a follower, but to become game changers in transforming the stagnant ideologies of this world.
1: Which is really relevant now. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Than three years ago. Right. Okay, continue.
3: As I close, I will have to call off of work to write a response and find a way to counter all of these accusations that have been transcribed in court, why I currently have paid over $60,000 from my retirement plan, his attorney fees, and a monthly child support of $500, and as he requests for more money out of my pension plan as well, I find the courage to remove self, fight for justice, and stay the encouraging Dana that I know that I can be. All of this I do today. And one particular verse in scripture that I followed from the time he served me papers to divorce to now, right. it was Romans 12:17. never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable.
1: The lessons people have to learn. And if you notice, the structure in that email was structure, love, structure, love, mm-hmm. structure, love. And so. And if you notice, love is a complete choice. Yes. So if you look at your connection card, and if you want to respond to this, it says this in the bulletin, Lord, help me to move beyond reliance on childish religious traditions, knowledge, rules, and practice so that I can grow up to make the music of love in the union with you and in harmony
2: with others. Thank you. God bless you. you.